welcome everybody. This is my first time actually labeling the podcast uh, by its true name. It's a magic name. If you know the name, you have power over me. I will give that to you guys right off the bat now. Just to show you as a uh, work of good faith, you now have complete control of me. This is the new show, Tim's Two Cents. I know it sounds douchey. Uh, Of course, Daniel loved the idea of it, so you can say whatever you want about him. Uh, I resisted, but eventually he overcame me, uh, he dominated me, and he forced me to use this name for the podcast. Uh, But I'm not too worried about it. It doesn't really matter to me too much what exactly it's called, as long as you guys listen, as long as you guys like it. Eh, I don't even really care if you guys like it, I'll just talk in a microphone, and as long as it gets put up, I'm fine. Uh, but no, tell tell me if you do like it. Tell Daniel if you like it. Uh, hit him up. I, I do a podcast with Daniel and Zach every Thursday night at uh, 9 p.m. Eastern. We do a live show. That's the You, Me, and BTC live show we do. Zach has his own podcast that he puts out on Tuesdays called The, <coughs> called the Coin Pod. Check him out too. And uh, that stuff's more, I mean, from the name, you can figure out it's a little bit more geared towards Bitcoin, more geared towards crypto, uh, respectively. And if you're more interested in that stuff, go check them out. This podcast is supposed to be, at least at this beginning, like I said, this is about I think the first episode of me actually doing a specific point. Uh, it's supposed to be more of a, an ideas podcast and a, a podcast about philosophy, a po- po- <coughs> wow, a podcast about ideas and the way that we as people take those ideas and try to inform our opinions of the world and how then we try to change the world around us based on those opinions and those thoughts because everybody thinks they have the ultimate evil in the world they think they have the this is the most important thing this is why babies are dying this is why we all don't live in the heaven that we think we should live in as people on this earth uh it's whatever particular thing you they pick and choose as the worst thing and then also whatever they pick and choose as their ultimate solution to this problem um i'm going to be trying to go through pretty much as many different uh ideologies as i can try to look through them as uh objectively as i can uh obviously me being a person with past experiences and past thoughts and past just a life, I do have a, I have biased against certain things. I have certain things I'm not even aware of. So that is also where you guys can come in and tweet me at Baker's Dozen. Uh, get me on there. Tweet me if you, if you have some particular ideology you really want talked about. If it's yours, if it's something you hate, if you, uh, want me to shit on something, I won't necessarily do that. That's going to be part of this is that's also why I like doing this is I can't really find any ideology. I completely agree with 100%. And I seem, I mean, I can shit on all of them. If anything, I'm good at finding out the bad stuff on things. Uh, and pointing out where there isn't a consistency there. So, I, I, yeah, this, this podcast is mostly going to be a lot of me just saying things, going back on saying those things, and then also saying why maybe I should say those things and going over each other and everything several different times. But today, as our as my first, my fledgling effort at this, 
I'm going to talk about something where at least most of you probably have heard of this. Almost all of you have probably heard of it, uh, especially if you come to this listening from the You, Me, and BTC podcast, uh, because it is so tied with Bitcoin and just the whole idea behind it, and that is minarchism and the idea of a a state government, a, a government that is limited to, and I'm going to be using the definition of uh, like a night watchman type state, that's how they normally refer to it, as a, a government that only... It only takes care of police, uh, the military, and courts. So, yeah. So, um, basically, imagine a world where, to, to for a little thought experiment, uh, the minarchist ultimate view, uh, their utopia is a world where government is stripped down to what they would call the bare necessities uh the simple anyway uh the bare necessities of like i said the police the courts and the military since all of those things are seen as kind of a collective effort um it's hard to and maybe i'll do another episode about anarchism my issues with people saying that uh people just kind of inherently want to work together and support each other. Uh, but minarchism's idea is that those kinds of things are too, it's, I don't, it probably depends on the different, uh, person who's advocating for this rule. But most of the time it's either that these, these three points or these three main tenets and purpose of the government. These are the ones that are either too, too important too powerful to just leave to people to just buy and choose and uh to 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 pick for themselves because only rich people be able to do it that's the thinking like if you go as say you're we're in a an anarchist society again this is another thought experiment where you live in a completely stateless society and you and i have a um a dispute over property and i own double the property that you do, maybe even triple, quadruple, whatever, I'm going to very, uh, the idea is that I will then go and corrupt the court system and corrupt the police and corrupt the military or whatever I need to, to be able to then just try to get one over on you, try to use these things to kind of smash you down, which is exactly what we always complain the government does for rich people anyway, but that's kind of besides the point. Um, it's so there's either people who say that it's too important or people that say that it's just not a, people will not just, uh, spontaneously like the anarchists will use the phrase, uh, spontaneous order in how people, uh, assemble themselves. Uh, and just the idea that like in a group of people, normally there is a, uh, people, Generally, in in modern society, we don't just kill each other over deciding what we want to do as a group of friends. Um, we don't break the group apart. We go, oh, okay, let's like maybe think about it, and then we can all make a decision. Uh, and it's not necessarily a. It's not something where people are forced to do something. It's not an initiation of force. It's a group decision. However, you do that, and that's going to be in another podcast whenever I probably talk about democracy or uh, something along those lines um, but 
the and I I do have some sympathies with that thinking that you go okay in a stateless society why would people not just pay for police to just fuck somebody else up like again uh the property dispute whether it's I go to the judge and I go hey give me the better ruling or I go to the police and I go hey this guy's bothering me bring him up on some random charges uh i i do i i have a <clears throat> i have a sympathy for that view and i kind of came to wherever i stand now through my like how my uh ideologies have changed since i was younger um i came originally from a pretty conservative family pretty much not necessarily like a neocon type supporting, but kind of just people that just, uh, yeah, I mean, we're going to vote Republican because it's that it was normally more of like a, a religious thing because Republicans did a good job uh, a couple years ago whenever they kind of attached the religious right to them as almost an eternal, uh, almost an eternal, the evangelical Christian voting block. They kind of attached to the Republicans, uh, in a good scheme where they, they said, okay, the, the biggest, one of the biggest issues right here is abortion and you need to go with us because we're going to stop abortion, which they don't, but, uh, Christians continue to vote for them. Um, but I, I came to, before I went full anarchist in my, like when I was like 19 or not that going full anarchist really meant I did anything. I'm just talking like, the way I thought about things and the way I, I spoke my ideology to other people. Uh, minarchism was definitely that first little step in that direction. And you hear a lot of, there's a lot of jokes as far, especially with anarcho-capitalists because it, their minarchism and anarcho-capitalism are both kind of on the same side of the, the right leaning libertarians, the more libertarians, more concerned with property rights and they see that as most like between, I mean, property rights go into the non non <clears throat> non initiation of force and uh, no non aggression principle. But they there are again certain libertarians that pick and choose what they they take as their pet project, and mostly right leaning libertarians fall in the the group where it's prop property. Uh, I think they're sometimes referred to as propertarians or something like that because again, it's the whole issue with the state and the whole issue with any kind of collectivism is the uh, annulment of personal property and of private property instead and then having public property. Um something like a where that's going to be the issue then because then how do you divvy up the resources that you get from public property these people leave if you have all private property or you very very much defend private property in the term like anarchism would be the everything is somebody's private property uh minarchism would be we take the idea of private property and the only thing we have government for is to defend that uh, the police are there to stop you from being robbed. The uh, military is to stop from, an, uh, like, whatever kind of minarchist state you have, it's to stop against outside uh, countries trying to fuck with you, trying to fuck with people. 
Um, it's a, like a collective defense force. And then uh, the, the banks would be for enforcing like property laws, um, breaches of contract, stuff like that. Uh, if you're going to sign a document that says I will pay this person, uh, the court is there to make sure that you do that if you don't pay them. Um, so, like I said, I do have full sympathy with this. This seems like, and I might find that as I do more and more of these episodes, I go, I love this idea, uh, but it doesn't work in practice, or at least in, in my view. But minarchism is kind of like that ultimate mixture between state and freedom, that ultimate mixture of protection and freedom where you can say, yeah, people will be allowed to do whatever they want. They can engage in private commerce as much as they want. They can do whatever they want with each other. They can do whatever they want with their own bodies. They can do whatever, not without being subject to possible government harassment or government uh, indictment over things that have nothing to do with the uh, nothing to do with aggression. It's it's something completely voluntary. Uh, and then the only point of the government is to protect people. Um, my issues where this start are or my issues start with this because I would, besides the really, really hardcore, uh, authoritarians among us and a lot of still, even a lot of authoritarians won't go out and call themselves authoritarians, um, that they're that's always the idea of a government is that it's there to protect people. It's just however big you think it should be depends on however or whatever, whatever are the biggest social ills that need to be controlled by government. Um, I mean, that's the whole thing with a, a socialist idea is one of the bigger issues with society is the, um, unfair distribution of wealth. Uh, they would think that the government should uh, have military, police, courts, and then the, also those may, may be more, but it could just be those three. But those three should also protect the right, as these people would say, of having like a, a equality of uh, opportunity or even an equality of outcome in a certain society. Uh, there's most people don't go about arguing for government intervention in, in our lives without saying that it's for protecting us, whether that's for protecting, uh, disenfranchised people, it's protecting minorities, it's, it's protecting children. That's a favorite of a lot of people, uh, whether you're on the right or left, especially in America, it's, well, hold on, we need to get rid of pornography. It's hurting the children. We need to get rid of guns. It's hurting the children. We need to get rid of soda. It's hurting the children. We need to get rid of drugs because they're hurting the children. We need to get rid of blah, 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 everything for the children. So it's always about protecting, protecting people. And it's always about this need kind of, you know, I think all of us, um, some more than others of people to have a feeling of uh, of protection of, I'm not just floating in space on a rock and I could just have my life snuffed out uh, at any point, or even just have some of my property taken. And there's not going to be any kind of 
like uh, standard, pure, and just uh, way for me to go about rectifying that. There's the it, one in all of us for a a dad kind of to rule over stuff, and that's that's the idea with everything. That's and I'll talk about this more whenever I do. I don't know if I'm going to do Nazism or if I'm going to do fascism or something like that, whichever one I pick. That's the whole idea with that kind of thing or just some authoritarian ideologies in general is a strongman type government that goes, hey, don't fuck with these people because if you do, if you're a bad person, I'll fuck with you. I think that is most of the reason why a lot of people like to... Uh, focus on the uh, a god that is is so concerned with human actions and human conduct that he will forever throw you into a pit of suffering and hell for being a evil person again whatever that means in those people's eyes uh god was kind of the the big dad the big strong man that could be like okay you might be able to fuck over some of these people you might be able to steal from me you might be able to murder me you might be able to murder my children but in the end somebody's going to get you and that's i think it's a comforting people comforting thing for people to think about it's more comforting for people to think that whenever somebody does something wrong there will be a a uh There'll be a response to that. They will be punished uh, eventually. They'll be punished in the end for that. And they will suffer for how they've made other people suffer. My issue with this is that's not how I've seen the world working. Uh, Whether that's because of government. uh, That's how anarchists, pure anarcho-capitalists and uh, agorists, stuff like that, would make the argument that that's because the government's there. And I have a uh, sympathy with that view. I I understand that makes sense to me where you go, okay, well, we're going to only have the state take control of the military, the police, and the courts because uh, this will stop people from using those things against their fellow... Uh, citizens or fellow man if they have more influence or more money than them. Uh, But that's how it ends up working with the government too. It's like if, yeah, uh, Goldman Sachs or any other bank gets fined for for doing shit, but what is it? It's like a, a percent of what they, of what they earn in a year. It's not, you're not shutting this bank down and, then we always hear about politicians like politicians will just have they'll they'll just have somebody die one of the kennedys like was drunk and drove into a, a a pond or something and had some chick in the car with them and then it kind of just got swept under the rug uh most people today if they if they're somebody who talks about the wealth disparity in the world they're also going to be bring up how Certain just rich people get away with shit that somebody else doesn't. Um, people make that argument with uh, with with race too, as in like, okay, you're, I'm gonna drive around as a white guy and I'm gonna do whatever in my car, and I'm not. If I even if I get pulled over, I'm not gonna be treated as harshly. I'm not gonna be treated as badly as a black person or Hispanic. 
Uh, I'm not going to be uh, thrown in jail at the same rate. I'm not going to be incarcerated at the same rate. So it's like, okay, okay um, maybe that that's okay to put in the hands of the government. But the whole problem with all of this is most of the time, when you have a government, those people in a government, even in a minarchism, are not going to be the people who don't think that they should be running it. Uh, I've never seen, and besides this, like the dumb shit about George Washington, which I'm not, I barely even believe about how they're like, we should make you king. And he was like, no, I don't want to do that. I'm such a good and honest man that I don't want that responsibility. Maybe he did. But that is almost never the people who actually take charge of a system. Um, at least not in a, a democratically elected one. Uh, I could see it maybe happening, and I'll talk about, I'll eventually do an episode on this, but like a minarchist, or a, not a minarchist, I'm sorry, a monarchist, or a, a system of government where it gets passed down from like father to son. I could see you having somebody then being like, I don't, I don't want to do this. And then maybe you could have a a king or um, a, an official who wasn't, who didn't try to get to that position his entire life. But the problem with anything where you're electing people to a government and they aren't just kind of put upon it is that the people who go and volunteer, the people who go who and try to become the head of this whatever government are normally going to be the people who want to control things and think that they have a better idea in their head of what uh, is important for you over what have a better idea in their head of what is good for you than you do, which again, I have a lot of sympathy for. There's a lot of people that are just stupid and I don't think that the best idea is to just uh, for their sake is that I don't think the best idea for them is to be left alone. To me, that doesn't, work as an argument for why I sh why they should have to be uh, they should have to pay taxes they should have to be um, subject to whatever the government puts on them I don't think that's an argument for that but as far as how long they would live a lot of people yes do probably have an extended lifespan because the government comes and tells them yeah you gotta fucking eat some fruit and some vegetables um, <laughs> I think I remember there was an old old onion video back when they did just YouTube videos and it was like the the head of the health what, whatever in the government he's at the White House and they have this big press conference and he's just like fucking eat a cauliflower you fucking idiots so and I like it it's funny but I do think there was a point there where yeah some people just don't have whether it's an intelligence thing whether it's a just plain they, they think that you have the people who want to just pray their child's diseases away. Uh, yeah, that's um, not going to be the most proactive thing to do. I'm sure it's good for the kid to feel like his parents love him and to have a deep connection with his whatever spiritual entity you pray to. But as far as how you're actually how he's actually going to f get better, most of the time, that's because of advanced medicine, not praying over somebody. Uh, so I, I do get that whole, maybe we need to force people into 
doing certain things that they don't want to do for their better good. Um, that would be where stuff like uh, courts could also help where they like the idea that someone would go back on a deal, say they, they, it, they agree to pay $500,000 as part of a loan over a course of 10 years. And then they go, Hey, you know what? Instead of doing that, this person who's gotten the loan, instead of, instead of paying my loan back and having a good standing in my society and having a, a healthy amount of respect for the other people and a possibility of trading with them and engaging in commerce with them in the future, I decide to just take the money and run and figure out what I want to do after that, which, okay, maybe, maybe if you're smart enough and you can figure out a way to just get away from everybody else, sure, go ahead and do it. I, I'm not going to tell you if you have the ability to borrow $500,000 from someone and then somehow get away and never pay that back, I can't really argue and say that that's not a good use of your time. It's probably a better use of your time than a lot of other things you could be doing. But the idea of like a court in a minarchist state or something like that, where it's, you're trying to protect against breach of contract. You're not necessarily just trying to protect against breach of contract for the sake of the person who is having the contract broken on them. You're also trying to protect the person who breaks the contract because you want them to also be part of society. You want them to continue to engage in trade with other people and to not ruin their life by going, hey, I'm someone who won't pay back my debts. I will try to steal from you. I will try to blah, 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 which in a then completely voluntary society, even if there is a, a minarchist government, it, it's a besides the minarchist government, a completely voluntary society that person is going to have a, a hard time ever trading with somebody again. And if they do, it's going to be at exorbitant rates or they're going to have to lie and say, no, I didn't do that. But if you go and tell somebody, Hey, I tried to steal this $500,000 uh, out of a loan and not pay it back. Most people aren't going to loan you money. And if they do, it's going to be at some stupid amount of interest. So then this person's life is kind of just ruined. Um, the other part about this is the police, and I guess I'm working backwards, courts to police and military. Uh, the police would be, the, the argument for minarchism over an, an anarchistic society would be that, hey, the richest people are just going to either pay the police to do their bidding as like kind of just a extend an arm of them like their own little personal mercenary uh, army or only the richest people are going to have the protection of the police. Uh, this is kind of throwing out the idea that a decent amount of people are pretty charitable. A decent amount of people would maybe be willing to uh, donate money to certain things like this. But the idea is that you would need a central governing authority on the police and on the, uh, a, um, because if, if you're living in a minarchist society, you are very concerned with the initiation of force and aggression. And the, the police will have a monopoly on the initiation of force 
because that's kind of what the police do. You, the police are, if anything, only good at incarcerating people and then as a deterrent. And that deterrent doesn't come from them incarcerating you necessarily. That's part of it. Uh, it also comes from you don't want to have the a legitimate initiation of force started against you. You don't want they uh, uh, like a the kidnapping they call arrest because that's the only reason why they're allowed to do it is they have been given the monopoly on aggression in a certain geographical area, blah blah blah, and that could go wrong as I was saying before because same thing with the courts same thing with the military a little bit different from the military but the same thing with the courts well I mean uh, if if you're in a, uh, a completely anarchistic society the rich people are just going to pay for the best police they're just going to use the police to beat down the poor people and again that's exactly what we have in any kind of government um, the police and the ruling class whether it's a out and out attempt to um, an out and out attempt to what's the word I'm looking for uh, uh, go against poor people or disenfranchise people poor people uh, and to protect the um, the the uh, structure of power that's what do they I think there's always like phrases about police and how they they just they they bow to the, the the structure of power set up in our country and they're only concerned with with uh, keeping that structure intact and get, yeah that is what they're there for that's what any kind of a security force is there for is to protect their own certain kind of uh, power structure that's the point of them um, that's not necessarily a bad thing if you like being in that structure of power then go ahead and do that the the big issue for me and for like the people who do think about and uh, see the uh, non-aggression principle as a thing to try to live off of is that the people who don't benefit from that and the people who are most hurt by uh, being uh, kind of like almost priced out. I mean, cause they're not literally paying for police, but uh, I mean, it's a most of the time, most people will admit that uh, generally lower income areas, the police don't respond as quickly uh, whenever they do respond. It's not necessarily the, in the best interest of those people in the areas uh it's not they don't do as good of work um i don't i I wouldn't even expect them to that's just not something that a security force would be uh inclined to do especially if it is a, a public run thing where oh hey i can either go and work in this low income area where there's more violence because generally uh stuff like that like a lower income area versus a, a higher income area there's going to be more violence in a lower income area there's going to be more like actual violent crime there may be more of a what they call like white collar crime in the higher area but that it's not no one's mugging somebody out in the street as a part of a white collar crime that's something you kind of do behind the scenes it's not as open so yeah if you're a publicly funded police force why would you want to go and deal with actual threatening violence where it's going to possibly hurt or kill you? But um, this idea that 
<laughs> and that's that's everything with this show is going to be that 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 and yeah. but I mean the the police as far as a a necessary thing for the government to control is we can look around and see now it's not helping um sure sure they don't just murder poor people on site but that's also not the highest aspiration to go for uh people people have a very uh low expectation it seems for cops and their ability to not just lash out and kill poor people especially poor black people uh they don't have a very good uh there's a huge disparity in the um, in the law enforcement in different communities depending on uh, and I'm more of the mind in this I don't really have any backing for this but it seems like it's it seems like it's more of a a uh, wow what's I just lost it's an economic status thing it's not necessarily and it is something of it is uh, there is definitely racism in police departments but a lot of it seems to be more this is a whether it's white black uh hispanic asian this is a poor area those people are going to get treated worse that person that home homeless people get killed beaten tased whether regardless of what color they are is like if you're there and and i do again i see it as far as like if you're on the police's side, hey, this is a vagrant. He's not doing anything for society, blah, blah, blah. He's maybe dangerous. But you can't say that the bringing the state and not allowing people to have and pick and choose their own form of defense is necessarily helping. Um, my argument would be that if you take away that monopoly on force that you give police, you wouldn't necessarily have or the the hope in the again like i say our ultimate our heaven version of that idea is that nobody would the police no no company would initiate force against people because they would want to keep a clean record for future employers uh now again that's not always how companies work uh look at comcast or anything like this they they don't give a shit they have enough of the people that and it's not a straight monopoly where they've uh like legitimately forced out competition but they've kind of priced them out through kind of backdoor deals with how you have to set things up and there's only like one or two options in a given area for people so what if that happens with police what if it's just uh, black knight armor versus uh golden golden steed protection services uh what if it only is those two options and they both just treat their people like shit both neither one of them show up within 10 minutes of having a call about somebody getting hurt in the street or a drug overdose or something like that uh and what the ultimate thing, what if they go to war with each other? What if different people use the police to, to fight against each other? And that kind of brings me to the military. Uh, so the military is an interminarchist thing, like I said before, is mostly to fight off foreign invaders. The police are for inter-intra-country inter <coughs> disputes. Uh, between citizens of the same nation, a military is mostly to 
fight off um, fight off foreign invaders because with something like this, you could say that the police could take care of uh, natural disasters. I get that the National Guard doesn't really fight off invaders. They mostly around if like a hurricane hits or whatever. They're there to help people, save people. Um, this thinking, this thought experiment where we're just taking the military as the defense of the collective defense of the nation against a foreign invader. Now, again, their idea in minarchism is that the government would be better just focusing on this along with police and the courts, because this is a very, uh, they, they would say it'd be a simple way to do. You just have tanks. You'd buy some tanks. Maybe you'd buy them even from a, a, a an anarchist country or whatever, you'd, you'd pay people to go fight for you at a line. Uh, maybe you'd have a volunteer army. Uh, maybe it would be like a, uh, not a, well, I mean, I don't know that a draft is necessarily against, um, uh, minarchist prop properties. Uh, if you had like, a, uh, just everybody pulls something out of a collective hat and just, okay, you're going to the front, you're doing this, blah, 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 blah. Uh, but the idea would be that the government could focus on just defending the country, defending its borders. Not I, Most minarchists will not make the argument that we need to have uh, preemptive strikes. Uh, most of them would not be supportive of the United States foreign policy of uh, interventionism. Uh, you can make the argument for certain things where a, intervent, a uh, pre- a preemptive strike would be would probably be a good idea. Um, someone's say another country is constantly threatening uh, th this country, our our minarchist state, and they the minarchist state, the population finally agrees. Hey, we need to take these guys out before they get so big that they take us out. And you could very easily just get interventionism that way. Uh, it would just have to be instead of in the U.S. where they kind of decide to do it and then the media kind of just feeds us a bunch of bullshit about how evil the people are after the politicians have already decided to invade it, uh, you, it would be kind of the opposite where all the people go, hey, this is terrible, this is awful, these people are all going to kill us, we need to go attack them first, and the politicians, whoever's in charge of this minarchist military, would then actually pull the trigger to start the defense in a uh, preemptive strike. The issue that minarchists would have with an anarchist thing about the military, and I've I've heard of anarchist um, replies to what a military could be and how a group of people could defend themselves against a foreign invader. Uh, but I'm not going to talk about that now, but the minarchists would mostly say that uh, a group of people like this wouldn't be able to, a small group, because uh, in a full stateless society, people would be completely free to only associate with those who they wish to. So most likely groups would be smaller. We wouldn't have nation states of 300 million people. We'd have maybe a couple million at most. Uh, a couple million people who agree on a general general properties, general ideas enough to say, hey, I kind of want to live with you. I can stick around you as a neighbor. I think that you'll defend my values to the best of your ability and whatever. 
Uh, they minarchists would say that the military wouldn't be able to be funded with just people going like who the average person wouldn't have a stake in defending the the nation um it'd be like anybody who could would just kind of try to opt out of it say well i i don't believe in that i don't whether it would be people doing on conscientious conscientious means or grounds or if it would just be uh i don't want to pay for this i don't see the point of paying for this i don't think we're going to get invaded whatever their their thinking is for not giving to the military if it's not a uh, a course of tax uh minarchists would argue that there would be no actual defense against a an outside force um there would be no besides kind of like some roughly thrown together militias there wouldn't be the kind of funds to train a military, to run exercises, to buy equipment, to rebuy equipment, to rebuy equipment again, to all that stuff. There wouldn't be a a strong enough collective goal towards defending the nation, at least in the eyes of minarchists. And that would also be the argument for stuff. Uh, these aren't necessarily minarchists who make this argument, but that's people's argument against anarchism with stuff like medical procedures and uh, uh, not euthanasia uh, vaccines, because it's like there's not an in, there's not a mark to them. There's not a market incentive for having those things, because in a time of peace, who wants to spend possibly half of their paycheck or a quarter of their paycheck to keep a standing army around that kind of just bleeds you dry and that. So minarchists would mostly, most likely say, I've heard some say that, well, you could run the the military off of donations or stuff like that. uh, But you can kind of argue there that that, how do you know that the donations would continue to come in private donations? What if that person just decides they don't like it anymore? What if they die? What if it's just not enough? So I think most minarchists would have to at least admit to wanting a tax like that, or at least a tax for the military, the police, and the courts, and something to fund those. And as I've said with the police and the courts, um, the idea that the military would become disorganized or uh, not do the will of the people... Um, which isn't as big of a problem actually here. So it's actually different than the police and the courts because uh, as far as the U.S. goes, the military is about is all we... That's like the best thing we do. I think there's an old... Uh, not old, but George Carlin did a joke and he's like, we can't teach our kids shit. We can't build a TV for shit, but we can bomb the shit out of people. And that's very true. We have the most powerful military the world's ever seen by several factors over the, the next the second largest military in the world. So that is the one thing that a authoritarian state can do very well. And that is mobilize and equip a military. Uh, So minarchists, I think where the issue comes with this is that minarchists would think that uh, the idea that the military would just stay and uh, defend its borders because in we we talk about this and I've talked to Daniel about this and we've 
gone over it on the you me and btc podcast plenty of times but the we can't just switch over our world to something where uh there's more freedom necessarily you can't just press a button because if people still have the same mindset still have the same way of thinking that they do now Regardless of if you start with a minarchist state and no matter how small the military is and it's just like a coast guard or just a, a national guard type thing, eventually there's a decent chance that you're going to have a a uh, a situation that you think in all purposes warrants a preemptive strike. Now, something like that is all about context, and I do, like I said before, I'm not somebody who doesn't, who doesn't, who thinks that a preemptive strike is completely uh, just a, a terrible, a reprehensible idea. How could you even think that? I don't think it's a right thing to do, but I, I understand how people get there in their thinking, and there's some pretty convincing, uh, con- convincing. Um, convincing examples from history and that's kind of what politicians make their bread and butter on is just making a situation more convincing to wherever they want to take the uh to take power wherever they want people to be focused that's the whole thing of being a politician is being a good speaker being a good uh manipulator of the mass kind of um consciousness of a nation and just kind of turning those and and blending those and molding them to your will i'm sorry i had to stop for a second (laughs) um was that 45 okay i think that see i just lost my point because someone was giving me a call because this fucking state doesn't outlaw people from calling other people while they're taking while they're making podcasts because we live in a lawless anarchy where Everything is going to fall apart. Uh, but, okay, military, the, yeah, at some point you're going to have a military that, whether it's from the people or the politicians, goes and commits some kind of interventionism and gets in somebody else's business and isn't just a defensive force. Um, that's not a, a problem if it's a private or a public military. That's just kind of how I see most people reacting people like to preserve themselves preserve their families and if that means possibly breaking some moral code that they may normally keep most people are okay with that most people are fine with initiating violence as long as they can be convinced that this other possible threat could be much more dangerous to them than they previously thought so that's my issue with giving um with with saying that a a military is is something that should only be run by a state government or a uh some kind of a a state um it's going to get to the point where it's not just a defense anymore and most of the time if you're talking to minarchists i would even respect it a little bit more probably if minarchists would say that yeah sure I'm all for having a country that just goes around and fucks up other countries. I like conquest. I like taking things over. I want to take the world back to, what, the 1500s when we just went around and just destroyed other nations and no one gave a shit. I'm fine with it. Like, I can understand that reasoning. If you want to have a minarchist state where the military is 
a high-powered mercenary force that just goes in like we drop special ops soldiers behind enemy lines and they just cause havoc and just destroy the infrastructure of a country but i don't think most minarchists are going to side with something like that they want to make the point that no the government should only be um should only be focused on defense and protecting people's borders and protecting their citizens uh, private property rights inside of their borders um yeah and then like i'm saying with the military getting out of hand that goes for the police and courts too anytime you put a government on something and i'm not saying this out of at least i don't think so i'm most likely saying this out of the dogmatic thing in libertarianism of just uh um Government is a cancer. They have all the memes of uh, minarchism is the idea of taking out 90% of cancer and leaving 10% in and expecting it not to just come all the way back. Uh, I don't think it, I don't, I think I have like actual reasoning for it. And it seems like that's what has happened in history all the time is where you have a, the smallest government like America, for example, there's one of the best examples. You have the smallest government in history and then because that led to a prosperity and an economy, uh, then people do get kind of afraid and they go, I want to be able to protect this. I want to be able to uh, be, keep this safe from aggressors. And then also the services that rely on public things like that, that rely on uh, productive people making money and then having their money taken away from them and put into these different um social services those grow because the people involved in those whether it's them or it's a politician or even if it's the mandate of the masses grow as people make more money because then oh, i have to protect this much more and i have this much extra to give so yeah let's get another fifty thousand tanks let's get let's get a bobcat for police let's do any of this stuff because any kind of group of people and any kind of system grows like that's the point of a, a system systems don't just stay stagnant systems don't stay the same thing they are year to year especially if there's people involved they're going to want to make more money they're going to want to bring more money in they're going to want to make their own particular system more powerful more influential more popular among <clears throat> amongst the population whatever that is it's going to grow. And that's like, I'm saying the military, the police and the courts, but then just a state in general, if you have it in there, no matter how small it is, no matter how uh, free it is at the beginning, there's a very definite temptation that almost no one. And I would say no one so far is able to actually resist of, wow, they're giving us this power. Like, it's not like, I don't, I, I do think the government takes power and I do think they kind of push people around, but then sometimes people do just give stuff over to them. Like back in the Roman times, there was the, the whole idea of, um, I don't remember if it was a dictator, if that was their word for it, someone can correct me maybe, but you have that, uh, we, we elect like a strong man, a strong, uh, whenever the country is in a, a time of turmoil, like if we're, Oh, the country is about to be destroyed. Let's put some dude that is going to 
possibly be a tyrannical dictator, but he's going to get us all mobilized in one certain area. He's going to focus the entire energy of the country and all of its economic wealth, all of its people into this one little problem that we see as destroying our country this this time. Uh, people give power to government as whether that's because the government makes them afraid of something and tells them they should be, or if people just naturally go, Hey, no, I'm worried about these guys across the border coming in and whether that's killing me or taking stuff from me or doing whatever. Can you please build a wall? That was the, the whole thing with this, like with Trump and everyone talking about this stuff. And it's like, it's a wall to keep people out, but it is also a wall to then possibly keep you in too. Like it, you're asking people to take this kind of power over borders from you and then just to hold it and you expect them to, I don't even know if people necessarily expect them to treat uh, them differently when they have an issue with it or if it is just a it just goes out the window. They don't really even think about it. They don't, uh, they don't worry about it at the time. They just go, this needs to be solved now. Just please fix it because people love a fast fix for things. And I think that's where this whole idea of minarchism and this, a small state comes in because we love the idea of freedom. There no, most people do not argue against, Hey, you should let people do what you want to do. People argue against what particularly you should be allowed to do and what particularly should be celebrated as a, a freedom worth uh, chasing after in your life. Uh, people would argue about um, what should be the purpose of, and even in a minarchist state, people would argue, like I said before, what the point of the police should be. Like, what should they be going after? Um, should they be going after people um, c committing statutory rape with uh, 17-year-olds or should they be going after people for smoking pot or should they be going after people for not gendering you correctly? It's all a thing. It's all about uh, saving what your own personal uh, pariah in or, or stopping your pariah in society from further corrupting society or hurting society and whatever you see is being detrimental to it and you want the state to only focus on that but the state doesn't really ever just focus on that because whether as i said before whether it's their choice to go hey what else can we get involved with or it's Hey, say, uh, Minarchist society, you go up to them, you go, Hey, I really don't like that. People are using the, inc the incorrect pronouns for people. I think that we need to, uh, help, uh, help the, help people deal with the, these people who, who feel like they've been misgendered in their own bodies. They're dealing with a lot of stress. They're dealing with a lot of, uh, post-traumatic stress. They're dealing, I just said stress twice, but they're, uh, they're dealing with a lot of issues. There's a high rate of suicide amongst them because people are bullying them, all this stuff. And I think that that is a, a legitimate use of the police and of the courts to defend a person's right to force other people to use their correct pronoun. Um, say you, you get that passed, you don't, whatever. 
and then I then go to the government and hey, say, hey, 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 see, I'm really bothered by these people doing heroin out in the street because they keep on dying on my uh, on my road. They keep on sitting around. I think it's contributing to the uh, the uh, the <clears throat> I'm forgetting words now. It's com- <laughs> it's contributing to the downfall of society. It's contributing to the crumbling of of our of our moral code as a nation i really want you guys to crack down on this and if they set a precedent of doing that and of 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 doing things beyond just the uh defense of private property or whatever you pick as your starting point for your minarchist state then it's that precedent is sent and it's very very easy to extend that precedent to other matters that you think are similar or just as important. Um, and it's a very slippery soap slope at that point, especially because people do tend to gravitate towards power. If it's offered to them, it's very intoxicating. It's, it's similar to like a drug high whenever you're given power over people and you'll most likely want that. Again, a lot of people do drugs and then don't become addicts. A lot of people do drugs and become addicts. And then you get people who get power and then go, I want this again and again and again and again and again. And that's where you're going to run into these issues with any kind of, of giving power over, over you giving people, other people power over your life and over how you can choose to live your life. Um, so I think I've pretty much talked i need to finish up here anyway because i am uh going someplace else at some point i'm going to leave my house for once today and uh go try to do something productive so i'll try to finish this up um in general if if we're talking about minarchism the ideas that i value out of that and the ideas that i support the ideas that i see as um the ideas that I see as uh, useful is, yeah, no, it'd be great if we could have a government, if we could have a night watchman state that was this kind of uh, all-knowing. They knew the best way to enforce laws. They knew the best laws to enforce. They knew which laws weren't superfluous. Super, yeah, whatever you say, however you say that, weren't um, uh, repetitive. They knew the best ways to defend the milit- the, the country's borders they knew when the best and most righteous time to use a preemptive strike was they knew the best way to rule on the laws they made they knew the best way to figure out context for different things they knew the best thing for all of this that would be awesome and great if you could get a bunch of wise uh, wise, wise people, I almost said wise men. I'm sorry. I'm not being gender inclusive. Wise people who, uh, had zero ego. If they were just constantly on, uh, uh, a heroic dose of, of acid and had no idea that they were a specific one person and instead saw themselves as a, uh, a power of the universe and a power of their, uh, constituents and their uh, other citizens in the country and as a representative of those uh, that'd be great if you could find those people and put those people in the office I am all for minarchism then I'm all for minarchism if you can find a way to 
have a, a quality control without just having more government because that is where it comes in as you go well i mean the military the police and the courts are good but we need somebody to make sure the military the police and the courts act accordingly and then we need somebody to make sure that those people who are making sure the military the police and the courts act accordingly also act accordingly and it kind of just builds off of that um so that is i see the use of it i see the um the idea and the desire of that over a, a stateless society because it is and I'll, I'll like i said before i'll talk about this more whenever i do anarchism but the idea that people will just kind of form together and not hurt people sometimes and commit theft aggression breach of contract fraud all the things that minarchism is preaching to try to control um uh, the idea that people won't do that is kind of childish. The idea that people will always just respect property laws will, or respect uh, private property and will, won't ever have any disputes over that that um, do not maybe turn bloody is kind of childish. Uh, but I'm also not convinced by the minarchist idea of, well, we just need to have this one little bit of... Uh, an organized gang in control of all of us uh, and that will keep other organized gangs from having problems with us and also from our own citizens having issues with each other um, so I'm gonna look now okay well wow, I'm already at an hour so if you listen to all of this yeah good for you <laughs> uh, again let me know if you guys like it let me know if you guys enjoyed the episode. Let me know if you have something else you want me to talk about. Let me know if you think I'm wrong. Let me know if you think I'm right. Uh, send all your praises to me at um, BakersDozen93 on Twitter, at BakersDozen93. Um, send all of your hatred and your hate mail to I don't give a fuck.com. No, just send it to the same Twitter. Tell me I did a, something wrong. It's the only way I can really learn. So send it there. Um, like I said before, at the beginning of the episode, check out uh, the podcast I do with Daniel and Zach every Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, you, me, and BTC. Uh, check us out there. We'll talk about Bitcoin, Liberty, all the stuff that if you've listened to us before, you've come to expect, and if you're looking to get into something new, it's fun anyway. We don't take ourselves too seriously. We don't, we joke around a lot. We don't have any particular thing that we, uh, I, at least from my point of view, I, I think we're pretty, uh, pretty honest with people, pretty, um, real, if that, if that's even a word you can use without sounding like a complete douche. Um, we don't, tr we try not to play favorites on things. We try not to just become outraged at certain ideas or certain things we try to take everything with a grain of salt uh, so check us out there and look for my episode next week on whatever I decide to complain bitch about and decide again this was Tim's Two Cents bye